Radio Pulpit, 657 AM. And we are starting at the book of Acts 6 now. I'll be, I don't know how many uh, translations I'll be using, but I'm starting off with the NLT uh, from verse 1. It says, but as the believers rapidly multiplied, there were rumblings of discontent. The Greek-speaking believers complained about the Hebrew-speaking believers. You know, this, is, this is quite interesting because we see it now, right? There'll be believers from uh, Church A complaining about believers in Church B. There'll be believers in Church D talking about how great Church D, how Church D is actually better than the other churches. There'll be believers in Church F and they'll be speaking about how the pastor at Church F is called by God compared to the ch- uh, the pastor in Church A or B. You know, all those things. There's, there's always that, you know, the Bible tells us that there is nothing new under the sun. So in everything that we see, you know, in a church that is complaining about another church, congregants that are complaining about other congregants, we see here, literally in um, uh, the book of Acts 6, how, how everything, you know, was was done. It says that as believers rapidly multiplied, there were rumblings of discontent, right? So the Greek-speaking believers complained about the Hebrew-speaking believers saying, their widows were being discriminated against in the daily distribution of food. We we still see this, right? There'll be believers who go about saying that your churches should be doing this, churches should be doing that. Uh, another church paid school fees for other people. Why isn't uh, another church doing it? We are we are we are known for for finding problems, but not for you know gathering solutions and just making things move. It's like. We as believers are the ones who are dividing the kingdom and not actually, you know, coming and uniting it. And that's a flaw in the entire body of Christ. That is something that we need, you know, to be in the lookout for. That is something that we need to focus on and say, you know what, this is something in my family that is wrong. And for it to be changed, for it to be fixed, for us to find a way forward, it has to start with me. That is the thing. Sometimes we want to change the world, but we don't want to change ourselves. So I'm here to urge you, if you want to change the world, start with yourself. You know, you don't just tackle an elephant by eating it, like the whole of it. You know, you get a bite, a bite, a piece at a time, a piece at a time. And by the end of the year, you'll be done with the elephant. But tackling something that is so huge, you'll end up being sick. I mean, we know that overeating can cause you to be sick, but eating something a piece at a time, a piece at a time, like you won't even feel the pressure of, you won't even get hungry, you won't even be sick. You know, even in terms of you eating, you know that they, that thing is there. You are working at it, you know, consistently at it. And it builds consistency in you. It builds discipline in you as well. So eating something straight out at, at that time doesn't necessarily build anything. It doesn't even do anything. There's no character that is being built in you, which is something that, you know, we come about and we get to realize and notice that that is a flaw in the body of Christ that we as individuals have to come together, you know, just consciously make a decision that, you know what, I am going to change this area. I have uh, 10,000 flaws, but I'm going to start with one flaw. You know, take it a day at a time, a day at a time, a day at a time. And you'll, you'll also see the Holy Spirit move because you're willing, you know, you have opened up your heart to change so many things in you. So it continues by saying, verse 2, So the twelve called a meeting of all the believers. They said, We apostles should spend our time teaching the word of God and not running a food program. Uh, Continue by saying, And so, brothers, select seven men who are well-respected and are full of the spirit and wisdom, 
we will give them this responsibility. Then we apostles can spend our time in prayer and teaching the word. Everyone liked this idea and they chose the following. Stephen, a man full of faith in the Holy Spirit. Philip, Prochorus, uh, Nicano, Timon, uh, uh, Parmenas, Nicholas, Antioch, uh, and Elia Comet to the Jewish faith. The seven were presented to the apostles who prayed for them and they laid their hands on them. So God's message continued to spread. The number of believers greatly increased in Jerusalem and many of the Jewish priests were converted too. Uh, verse 8, Stephen, a man full of God's grace and power, performed amazing miracles and signs among the people. But one day some men uh, from the synagogue of freed slaves, as it was called, started to debate with him. They were Jews from Cyrene, Alexandria, Cilicia and the province of Asia and none of them could stand against the wisdom and the spirit with which Stephen spoke. So they persuaded some men to lie about Stephen saying we heard him blasphemy uh, Moses and even God. This roused other people, the elders and the teachers of religious law. So they arrested Stephen and brought him before high council. The lying witnesses said this man is always speaking against the holy temple and against the law of Moses. We have heard him say that the Jesus of Nazareth will destroy the temple and change the customs Moses handed down to us. At this point, everyone in the high court stared at Stephen because his face became as bright as an angel's. So this is the NLT version. Let me just um, swiftly move to the amplified version. And as I break it down, I'll be using the amplified you know, uh, version to just speak more on on this topic so that's what i'll be i'll be doing to just you know uh, make things yeah easier let's listen to an amazing song and i'll be back uh to just you know break down the uh chapter six and when we are done we'll be moving to uh chapter seven no hassles no frills it's just sounds full of life on 657 a.m Welcome back. You're still tuned in to the Morning Delight on Radio Pulpit 657 AM. And that great song was by Siengoba. Uh, uh, was by MC singing Siengoba. And then we played you Raymond Sellers saying it's done. Hope those songs were uplifting and actually um, exciting. As I mentioned that, we will be, you know, just unwrapping the book of um, Act 6 and I'll be using the Amplified version to do it now. Um, hope you're excited. Hope you're elated. We actually have went through the, the book and now we're just using the Amplified version to just break it down. Um, looking at verse 1, it says that now about this time when the number of disciples were greatly increasing, a uh, complaint was made by the uh, Hellenist, uh, which are the Greek-speaking Jews, against the native uh, Hebrews because their widows were being overlooked and neglected in the daily ministration distribution of relief. So this just shows us about an area in the body of Christ. You know, um, this is not something that just uh, happened then. It's something that is also happening now. We have people within the church that are complaining about someone who is in charge of a certain department and the other person who is actually dividing the church in a certain position of leadership. We all have those, right? And uh, looking at how things are here, we actually get to understand that it doesn't only happen. 
uh, in our workplaces, even in church, we see such things happening. You know, uh, the issue is that we are dealing with people. So as long as we are dealing with people, so many things are going to arise. So many things are going to come in and challenge our character, uh, challenge a certain area that, you know, you've been praying to God about. If you have temper issues, that area has to be challenged to ensure that you grow in it, you know, because whatever that is not challenged will not grow. So if you know that you have issues maybe with your tongue, you'll be challenged to actually like, you know, the people who who speak a lot, literally they talk a lot. They have no control over self, right? There'll be uh, situations that arise to just come and attack your self-control. And that actually do not see that as as it, you know, as it being God who's saying, now nah, you don't have to change, but look at it as, okay, because this is something that has to change for me to be able to have self-control, it has to be challenged. And that's how you see it. So we look here in the book of Acts that um, Christians were, were, were like, were, were complaining, you know, about other uh, widows that were not taken care of, especially when it came to the distribution of, uh, in another translation, the the the, uh, the NLT translation says the distribution of food, and in this the amplified translation, it's saying uh, the distribution of relief. So we look at it, we understand that you know what? There's always complaints and everything. As much as there are complaints in church, there's also a complaint even with the government, with the fact that the government isn't helping. Uh, the elderly enough, the money that they're giving the elderly is not enough to sustain them and all that. So just to show you that whenever we deal with people, complaints will always be there because not everybody is happy. Not everybody is willing to understand that, you know what, this is what the situation is. Like, this is just how it is. I need to move on from it. We look at a lot of examples that are found in the Bible. Let's even go far, like as back as the beginning, right? When, um... God spoke his word and we see how the Israelites had an issue with the fact that Moses was in charge. I mean, we saw um, Miriam, the sister of Moses and Aaron and the others, when they were coming against uh, Moses, Moses saying that they are also called, they are also prophets, blah, 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 but not understanding that God had ordained Moses to be the one who leads. God had, had ordained Moses to be the one who, who, who directs them and tells them what what he is, what God, what God wants them to do, in which direction that God wants them to move in, you know. And sometimes, like we people, we just complain a lot, and sometimes we miss out on what God uh, wants to do. You know, we miss out on the bigger picture because we are in in the moment. We are now. We are busy complaining about now, but we are not asking God for perseverance and endurance to help us to withstand whatever is happening now, so that at a later stage we'll be able to see the bigger picture. And the thing with God is that. The God doesn't give you the bigger picture now, but he, you know, he can tell you the, uh, the end results are whatever, but then you'll only get the bigger picture when you are at the end. You get to realize, oh, the reason I went through that was because of that. You know, you get to put one and one together. You know, the other day I was speaking to some kid who lost his mom and uh, in that, you know, um... So he was telling me how, how the mom was spoiling him and all that. And he he actually learned to do things himself after the mom passed away. Like the mom was literally doing everything and getting people to do literally everything for him. So after he lost his mom, he actually realized that being spoiled was also affecting his schoolwork. So after losing his mom, he had to literally do everything himself. 
you know, learn how to cook, do the laundry and everything. And he actually realized that he's actually quite an intelligent boy. He moved from, you know, um, struggling at school to being one of the best learners at school. And he actually realized that, you know what, if my mom had been here, I would have never uh, been able to experience my full potential. I would never had known that, you know what, God is going to use me to get all this uh, Bazaris, all these achievements and awards. Like now he's getting a lot of awards, achievements everywhere. Like there's so many things that he's actually finding himself, you know, involved in. You know, the mother never liked the fact that he's involved in sports because of the fear of my son is going to be hurt and all, all that. And now he's finding himself getting awards even in sports, not only academically, but also uh, in sports. And, you know, all those things just make you realize that so he was saying that he's now understanding why God had to move his mom because his mom had run the race, has walked a journey, but now it's his turn to actually walk a journey with God so that he can be a better person, so that he can achieve a lot. He can, you know, experience God way greater than the mom did. And you see all this, you get to see that, you know, when he lost his mom, he didn't understand what was happening. But fast forward, like five years later, he gets to see a bigger picture of why that had to happen. You know, he gets to see the growth that took place in his life from the day before how his life was before he lost his mom to how his life is now. You know, and obviously through the process of it, it's hard. I mean, losing a parent, it's very hard. I'm speaking from experience. But as you grow, you get to realize the bigger picture. You get to understand that, you know what? Sometimes for God to take you out of a certain situation, certain people have to be moved. And God can also look at the fact that, you know what? This person has worked with me faithfully. They they have done so much and this person hasn't done so much and this person has potential to even do greater things. So let me rather keep this person because they're already my child and I can keep them. And let me rather save this person so that they can move and get to develop and grow closer to me and then they and can help them unleash what has been placed in them. So sometimes as parents, you know, we are afraid to allow God to unleash what is in our kids. And that is just something, you know, we need to learn, you know, to trust God fully, even in the midst of confusion, even if we don't understand, even if it's not nice. I mean, there's nothing, there's nothing amazing and nice about what God wants you to do, actually, if we're being honest. Like, God literally wants you to give, you know, yourself up to him, to his word, literally, like fully so, to a point where um, when you don't even feel like it, you have to, you know, do something. There's an example where we see where the Bible tells us that we should get angry, but we should never let the sun go down when you are well, like with you still being angry and holding on to anger. That just shows you that, you know what, you have to make peace with whoever you have angered. Make peace, either like, ask for forgiveness or forgive them, literally. Set yourself free from that anger. You know, at least you open up yourself for, for the enemy and for, like you know, different types of sins. But then you get to understand that, you know, that is not nice. There is nothing like forgiving. Honestly, I'm just going to be honest with you. Forgiveness is not nice. Forgiving someone is not nice. Moreover, forgiving someone who doesn't even see that they did wrong or who is not even willing to, you know, to be remorseful is even worse. It's not even nice. And then coming in and, you know, even you telling the person that you forgave them, they'll, they'll be like, how oh, you forgave me for what? You know, and now having to just um, humble yourself to a point in, of saying, Okay, if I say I'm saying this, this, responding this way, and also thinking, 
what does God expect from you? You end up even saying you are sorry for something that you didn't even do. I mean, that is not comfortable. That is not nice. Hence, I'm saying, you know, sometimes God wants us, God wants us to get out of the shell that we have placed ourselves in so that we can get to, you know, develop the character that he wants. We can get to be the people that he has called us, you know, to be. So in this example here, we see a similarity in terms of what we see happening in our lives, in our daily lives, in our daily walk with God. We see it having had happened in the church in the book of Acts. Because sometimes when we look at the church in the book of Acts, our focus is more of um, the the miracles that happened, the boldness that the apostles had, you know, what they were able to accomplish, the fact that they were able to distribute wealth, all the nice things. But we, we tend to move away and shy away from the things that actually deal with us personally, that deal with the character personally. And that is just, just something that, you know, as individuals, we have to come to terms with and understand that, you know what? This is just not on. This is not working out for me. Falling on My Knees by William McDowell. Let's enjoy this song. Many people across South Africa are being blessed and encouraged by the Radio Pulpit devotional magazine, The Word for Today. This publication places the gospel of Jesus Christ in the hands of more than 100,000 people every day, inspiring every person, from the professional businessman to the needy person who lives in the streets. Each edition contains daily scripture-based devotionals and inspiring articles to help you grow spiritually. The booklet is given with the compliments of Radio Pulpit, but your donation, large or small, will help us to print the next edition and continue being the hope of the gospel to a world in desperate need. The Word for Today. Get yours today on 012-334-1200 or subscribe online at www.radiopulpit.co.za. Radio Pulpit, your daily companion. Words of truth and value. You'll find it on 657 AM. It's 657 AM. The sounds of your life. And it's just four minutes before the hour four, uh, swiftly moving into the, the second hour, the last hour of our segment, The Morning Delight. Which is with you every Sunday morning between 3 and 5 a.m. And if you just joined us, a great welcome family. I'm Rafila Lamola and I'm your amazing host just here to, you know, share the word of God with you, fellowship with you family because I love delighting in the word of God and I believe we all do that, you know. For us to, to live in the word, to stay in the word, to just study the word and just, you know, Fill ourselves up with the word is just um, magnificent, it's just enlightening as well. The song that we were listening to is Falling on Your Knees by uh, William McDowell. Hope you enjoyed that great uh, uh, song and you actually enjoyed it. Uh, going back into scripture, we're still in the book of Acts. Acts um, so now moving to Acts chapter two, uh, verse chapter uh, Acts six uh, verse two, saying that so the twelve apostles uh, convened the multitude of the disciples and said, "It is not seemingly or desirable or right that we should have to give up or neglect preaching the word of God, in order to attend to serving at tables and superintending and uh, the distribution of food." Right. So this is like they're saying that you know what. Uh, we can't do everything because this is something that, you know, I, I've, I've noticed is that in every institution, they want the, the person who is a, a leader to do everything. They want someone who is in charge or someone who has been called to be the one who does everything. But we look 
at the bubble and we get to see that they were not doing everything. Whoever was called to be a leader and stuff. There is what we call that um a great leader. This it's a quote that says a great leader knows how to um what's that word called, by the way? Um delegate, yes, that's the word. So a great leader knows how to delegate. So yeah, that is that's that's just that. That's what I wanted to mention. You know that um if you're a great leader, you know, there's that uh, you know, fear of losing control, fear of dropping the ball, you know, you just you need to um you need to understand, you know. There's a, a quote by this um this lady. Deciding what not to do is as important as deciding what to do. And uh, another one says that you can delegate authority, but you cannot delegate responsibility. So that is just something, you know, that we need to understand that if someone is placed as a leader looking at the book of Acts, that means there are certain things that they can delegate, but there are certain things that they can't delegate. Right. And if they are saying that, you know what, um, like we look at in a workplace uh, the reason we have a CEO, like a, someone who founded a company is that they were able to find that and in them delegating responsibilities, that is them opening up more opportunities, more job opportunities for other people. Imagine if they had decided that, you know what, I'm going to do everything myself. It will be like a, a company that is owned by one person and they do everything themselves and they don't need anyone else. Uh Number one, the company is not going to grow. Number two, the person is going to be worn out. Number three, uh, companies gonna die out very soon. They won't. It won't even affect, like, you no know, benefit the economy in any way. The person will not even get as far as they want to anyway, and they won't get to leave as much as as long as they, you know, they dreamt that they're gonna leave because they're gonna end up dying because of crashing of like their system just crashing down so that is just something you know that we look at and we get to see that it is so important what the apostles did here. Uh, you know, it's very, 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 very uh, crucial and important. And I'm also pointing out that, you know what, um, the, that the people should choose, you know, seven men not of good uh, car- of good and attested character and repute, right? Not only that, but then they also mentioned that they have to be full of the Holy Spirit and wisdom. So meaning that even in a workplace, even in our churches, everywhere, let us learn to not just to choose people because we think this person has money, choose people because we agree with them, we like them, but then choose people because of they have a good reputation, they are filled with the Holy Spirit and they are wise. You know, that will save you a lot because if someone is full of the Holy Spirit, it's easy for them to actually hear when the Holy Spirit is saying, move left, move right, turn here, do not say anything. You know, in Isaiah, it says that you will hear a voice behind you saying, uh, uh, this is the way, walk in it when you turn to the right or turn to the left. So we need such people in this generation. We need people who will be able to hear a voice behind you saying, this is the way, walk in it. You know, if you can't hear the Holy Spirit, if you can't hear the leading of God, then what are you doing trying to lead people? You're going to be leading people astray, leading them into places that you're not even supposed to be. So it is very crucial. If you're going to start a business, if you're going to go to school, if you're going to be studying, if you... You are in a workplace or serving at church or even, you know, God has called you to start up an organization or a ministry or something. You need to be, before you can do anything, be able to hear 
from God and be obedient and take directions. Because if you can't do that, there isn't much that can be done anyway. And there isn't much saving that anyone can do if you're not willing to grow and be the person that you know what, that God uh wants you to be. I mean, what's the what's the point in doing that anyway? It's here. Radio Pulpit's new website is live. You can tune in at radiopulpit.co.za and enjoy crystal clear sound with just a click of a button or listen to our podcasts. Discover biblical truths in our daily devotionals and let our stories of hope inspire you. You can download our app on this new look easy to use platform. Find your favorite program, get to know our presenters and so much more at radiopulpit.co.za. Radio Pulpit, your daily companion. As easy as the touch of a button. The message of life on 657 AM. Welcome back. You're still listening to The Morning Delight on AM 657. You can also catch us on DSTV channel audio 882. Alternatively, just stream us on www.radiopulpit.co.za. Another thing is for you to download our app on the App Store or the Play Store. You know, whatever phone that you're using, we got you. We have your back. Still on the book of Acts uh, chapter 6, you know, just speaking there about the importance of just, you know, choosing people that God has called. How, how important, you know, it is and also how it can actually help you you know in in life actually and you'll you'll be you'll be a, a better person you'll be a great person now just moving along you know we see that uh uh from verse we focus on verse uh verse eight now it says that now Stephen, full of grace divine blessing and favor and power strength and ability worked great wonders and signs miracles among the people so I just want us to focus here the fact that he was chosen right by the people. He's one of the seven people that were chosen by the people and the apostle had to pray and lay their hands over them. He was full of the Holy Spirit. So let us, let's understand. Anyone who's full of the Holy Spirit can, can be able to work miracles through the power and the leading of the Holy Spirit, right? So you don't have to be called to be a pastor, to be called to be a prophet or whatever for you to be able, you know, to to pray over people and they are healed, to pray for yourself, to be able to speak life into certain people and all that. So that's just something I just wanted us to, you know, to get in the way. So it's saying that here that um, he worked great, um, worked great wonders and signs, miracles among the people through the leading of the Holy Spirit and the power of the Holy Spirit. Let us just get that right. However, some of those who belonged to the synagogue of the freedmen, free uh, Jewish slaves, as it was called, and of the synagogue of the Cyrenians uh, uh, and of the Alexandrians and of those from Cilicia and the province of Asia arose and undertook to debate and dispute um, with Stephen. So here's the thing. In life, people will always come at you. Whether you like it or not, whether you feel like, you know, you are called or not, especially when you are called, that's when people are going to be coming against you. And when you're doing things that people think, you know what, um, you didn't walk for, in this case, they'll be like, he didn't walk with Jesus. How is, what does he know? How is he able to do that? And, you know, people will always come and conspire against you. But it can be, it can even be your neighbors, people you grew up with, it can even be as close as family. That way it hits home. I mean, I've seen and I've heard of people, you know, who have been hurt by family. I, for one, have been hurt by my family more than any anyone in my life. Literally, literally, family has hurt me the most compared to all the other people. And it's in that that, you know what, you just, 
you just forgive, you release them and you continue growing and walking in your journey with God. Because as much as you keep burdening yourself and not taking all those burdens and handing them to God, you you fail and you stop yourself from experiencing the full potential of God. You know, the bigger God, you know, the God that, you know, your mind can't even comprehend that much. And, you know, you grow older, you go into the world, you understand certain things that you thought that were right. You understand that, you know, what well, this wasn't actually right. I mean, the other time I was listening to, um, I think it was Priscilla Shire. She was just talking about how um, growing up, was it her? Oh, no, it wasn't Priscilla Shire. Um, it, was, it was a certain lady that I was listening to. Her name is just not coming up now. So I was listening to one of her, her sermons that, you know, she was just um, uh, speaking and I was just, you know, intrigued and listening to it. Right. So she mentioned that um, growing up uh, before they eat, they would pray in the in the family and they were a huge family. You know, and the, the granny was there. She was there and like all the other people that she needed were also uh, there in the midst, right? So with that, as she was busy explaining, you know, how uh, they grew up. So um, the name, yeah, I found the name. The name is uh, Manoshka uh, Charles. So that's the name of the lady. You know, she was just speaking about hearing uh, God's voice, you know, the conversations that you have with God. So she mentioned that a certain relative, when it comes to them praying food, um, she would always mention that, um, Lord, uh, I pray for a cousin, whoever, who's in another country. Like in my case, it would be, I pray for um, uh, my cousin, uh, Deza, who's in Tembisa, Lord. May you help, may you bless her food and make sure that she drinks her milk as well. So I continue saying, I pray for my brother who's uh, here in Pretoria. I pray that, you know, you bless her food and you ensure that she that he drinks his milk. So this cousin continuously did this with all the families that were praying for food. She did this one by one to each and every single person she could remember. And she did it continuously as a young kid. But then she mentioned something that, but then if this person, if the person is still praying the same prayer, even now, she would be worried because in every relationship, there is growth. In every conversation, there is growth. You cannot be speaking about the same things that you were speaking about when you were younger. I mean, now I'm older. I know better. I know more. So there's certain things that I used to speak about, certain things that I used to think. I mean, I used to believe in fairy tales, but I know that it's not like that now. Now it's literally... You, there, there are no fairy tales now. It's, it's like it's literally a, a matter of you, you know, uh, aligning your life with the will of God. It's more of purpose, it's more of prayer. It's more of reading the word, you know, it's more of being obedient, you know, understanding that obedience is better than sacrifice. You know, there's just so many things that you that you actually get to understand and, you know, you discover as well as you grow older. So, you know, all this, I just want us, you know, to understand that even in this scenario of Stephen, we understood that there were people around him who were uh, blown away, who couldn't handle the growth that was happening in him, who couldn't, who couldn't, uh, you know, comprehend the power of the Holy Spirit that was working through him. And in all that, he managed to grow and become a better person. He managed to just do amazing things. And in all that, that's what's going to happen to us as well. We're going to grow. We're going to become better people. We're going to do amazing things. And as we do amazing things, let us not be worried of doing good. Let us continue, you know, aligning ourselves with God and doing greater things that God has in store for us, that God has in store for our lives, you know. 
and just do great things. I mean, for people to even go as far as lying about Stephen and conspiring against me. How many people in the world have we read? And also like in real life, do we know that, you know what? This person, people literally conspired against this person for them to have a tainted uh, an image, a tainted view. And you realize that in in essence, they're actually uh, good people. How many people like actually go out there and speak ill of you because they didn't like yours because the truth that you spoke they couldn't handle it you know there's just so much you know people end up telling you that that person is a bad person you get to experience them and you're like oh my word you're actually a nice person you know that happens that is life so we need to understand if that has happened we don't think we can't come here thinking oh it's gonna change it happened to Stephen. it happened to christ as well so understanding that and knowing that you know it actually helps us to be, you know, uh, better people as well. You know, makes you just, you know, yeah, helps us to be better people. So we'll just be focusing on um, uh, the first part of, I think the first um, couple of verses that are found in the book of of Act Seven, and I think we yeah, we might be able to finish the rest of the of the rest of Acts chapter seven. So, yeah, we can just movely just, you know, speak or move on because it's more of a continuation from Act 6. That's why I said that I'll be doing everything all at once. So, uh, in Act uh, 6, we see uh, from verse uh, 13, right? I'll be continuing and jumping over to Acts chapter 7. So, Act 6, 13 says, The lying witness said, This man always speaking against the holy temple and against the law of Moses. We have heard him say that this Jesus of Nazareth will destroy the temple and change the customs Moses handed down to us. At this point, everyone in the high council stared at Stephen because his face became as bright as an angel's. Chapter 7 Then, verse 1, Then the high priest asked Stephen, Are these accusations true? This was Stephen's reply. Brothers and fathers, listen to me. Our glorious God appeared to our sister Abraham in Mesopotamia before he settled in Haran. God told him, leave your native land and your relatives and come into the land that I will show you. So Abraham left the land of uh, the Galatians and lived in Haran until his father died. Then God brought him here to the land where you now live. But God gave him no inheritance here, not even one square foot of land. God did promise, however, that eventually the whole land would belong to Abraham and his descendants, even though he had no children yet. God also told him that his descendants would live in a foreign land where they would be oppressed as slaves for 400 years. So we look at this and understand that, you know what? Abraham was told about the issue that took place in Exodus. Yet by the time that the, the Israelites were in captivity, the time that, you know, Joseph was there and all that, Abraham was long gone. He was not alive anymore to go to see, to get to experience what God had already said. Right? So that's just something, you know, we, we look at it like, how did that happen? Like this, this is quite interesting. You understand how big the God that you serve is. Let's take a quick ad break and we'll just be back to continue with this. We will be at 7. We'll be continuing uh, uh, from verse 7 just now. It's difficult to face the overwhelming pressures of life alone. Sometimes we just need someone to talk to, someone to listen to us. 
And what better way to do that than through a quick and easy WhatsApp text? Whether you're having a hard time coping with school, family issues, being bullied, depression, or anxiety, speak to someone who cares today. Send a WhatsApp message to 064-530-6805 or 074-995-9085. Our I Am Youth Counseling Team, Charles Dudoy and Danny Vambili, are ready to connect with you today. There is radio and radio. And then there is 657 AM. Can you hear the difference? Well, welcome back. You're still listening to the Morning Delight on Radio Pulpit 657 AM. You can also catch us on DSTV Channel Audio 882. Also catch us on um, www.radiopulpit.co.za. You can stream us live there. Alternatively, just download our app on the App Store or Play Store. You know, to be and to be able to listen to us everywhere on the move, anywhere at any time. And of course, this is Morning Delight with you every Sunday morning between three and five a.m. Kalivito kerefilwe, and I just love delighting the Lord with you. Moving swiftly to, yes, at seven, let us just, you know, get into the word and just continue uh, with it. As I mentioned, that we will be um, continuing from Acts, from verse seven, rather. It says that, but I will punish the nations that enslave them, God said. And in the end, they will come out and worship me here in this place. God also gave Abraham the covenant of circumcision at the time. So when Abraham became the father of Isaac, he circumcised him on the eighth day. And the practice was continued when Isaac became the father of Jacob and when Jacob became the father of the twelve. Patriarchs of the Israelite nations. Uh, These patriarchs were jealous of their brother Joseph and they sold him to be a slave in Egypt. But God was with him and rescued him from all his troubles. And God gave him favor before Pharaoh, uh, king of Egypt. God also gave Joseph unusual wisdom. So that Pharaoh appointed him governor over all of Egypt and put him in charge of the palace. But a famine came upon Egypt and Canaan and there was great misery and our ancestors ran out of food. Jacob had that there was still grain in Egypt so he sent his sons, our, our ancestors, to buy some. The second time they went, Joseph revealed his identity to his brother and they were introduced to Pharaoh. When Joseph sent for his father Jacob and all his relatives to come to Egypt, 65 persons in all. So Jacob went to Egypt. He died there as did our ancestors. Their bodies were taken to Shechem and buried in the tomb. Abraham had brought brought for a certain prize uh, from Hamor's son in Shechem. As the time drew near when God would fulfill his promise to Abraham, the number of our people in Egypt greatly increased. By then a new king came to the throne of Egypt who knew nothing about Joseph. This king exploited our people and oppressed them, forcing parents to to abandon their newborn babies so they would die. At that time, Moses was born, a beautiful child in God's eyes. His parents cared for him at home for three months when they had to abandon him. Pharaoh's daughter adopted him and raised him as her own son. Moses was taught all the wisdom of the Egyptians and he was powerful in both speech and action. One day when Moses was 40 years old, he decided to visit his relatives. 
the people of Israel. He saw an Egyptian mistreating an, an Israelite. So Moses came to the man's defense and avenged him, killing the Egyptian. Moses assumed his fellow Israelite would realize that God had sent him to rescue them, but they didn't. The next day he visited them again and saw two men of Israel fighting. He tried to be a peacemaker. A man, uh, he said, you are brothers, why are you fighting each other? But the man in the wrong pushed Moses aside. Who made you ruler and judge over us, he asked. Are you going to kill me as you killed that Egyptian yesterday? When Moses had that, he fled the country and lived as a foreigner in the land of Midian. There his two sons were born. Forty years later in the desert near Mount Sinai, an angel appeared to Moses in the flame of a burning bush when he... Uh, when Moses saw it, he was amazed at the sight, and he went to take a closer look. The voice of the Lord called out to him, I am the God of your ancestor, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Joseph. Moses shook with terror and did not dare to look. Then the Lord said to him, Take off your sandals, for you are standing on holy ground. I have certainly seen the oppression of my people in Egypt. I have had their groans, and I have come down to rescue them. Now go, for I am sending you back to Egypt. So God sent the same men, uh, the same men his people had previously rejected when they demanded. Who made you a ruler and judge over us? Through the angel who appeared to him in the burning bush, God sent Moses to be their ruler and savior. And by means of many wonders and miraculous signs, he led them out of Egypt through the Red Sea and through the wilderness for 40 years. Moses himself told the people of Israel, God will raise up for you a prophet like me from among your own people. Moses was with our ancestors, the assembly of God's people in the wilderness, when the angel spoke to him at Mount Sinai. And there Moses received life-giving words to pass on to us. But our ancestors refused to listen to Moses. They rejected him and wanted to return to Egypt. They told Aaron, make us some gods who can lead us for we don't know what has become of Moses who brought us out of Egypt. So they made an idol shaped like a calf and they sacrificed to it and celebrated over this thing they had made. Then God turned away from them and abandoned them to uh, serve the stars of heaven as their gods in the book of the prophet it is written. Was it to me you were bringing sacrifice and offerings during those 40 years in the wilderness, Israel? Now you carried your pagan gods, the shrines of Molech, the star of your god Repem, and the images you made to worship them. So I will send you into exile as far away as Babylon. Our ancestors carried the tabernacle with them through the wilderness. It was constructed according to the plan God had shown to Moses. Years later, when, Joseph, when Joshua led our ancestors in battle against the nations that God drove out of this land, the tabernacle was taken with them into their new uh, territory and it stayed there until the time of King David. David found favor with God and asked for the privilege of building a permanent uh, temple for the God of Jacob, but it was Solomon who actually built it. However, the Most High doesn't live in temples made by human hands, as the prophet says. Heaven is my throne and the earth is my footstool. Could you build me a temple as good as that? asked the Lord. Could you build me such a resting place? Didn't my hand make both heaven and earth? You stubborn people, you are heathen and at heart and deaf to the truth. Must you forever resist the Holy Spirit? That's what your ancestors did and so do you. 
Nimwon prophet your ancestors didn't persecute. They even killed the ones who predicted the coming of the righteous one. The Messiah whom you betrayed and murdered, you deliberately disobeyed God's law even though you received it from the hands of angels. But Stephen, full of the Holy Spirit, gazed stately into heaven and saw the glory of God, and he saw Jesus standing in the place of honor at God's right hand, and he told them, Look, I see the heavens opened, and the Son of Man standing in the place of honor at God's right hand. Then they put their hands over their ears and began shouting. They rushed at him and dragged him out of the city and began to stone him. His accusers took off their coats and laid them at the feet of a young man named Saul. As they stoned him, Stephen prayed, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. He fell to his knees shouting, Lord, don't charge them with this sin. With that, he died. Our family is just getting bigger and bigger. Welcome to 657 AM. Welcome back on The Morning Delight on Radio Pulpit 657 AM. My name is Rufin and I'm your lovely host and we will just be, you know, breaking down Acts uh, 7 and I'll just be using a, a different translation now. I'll be using the, the Living uh, Bible. That's a translation that we'll be using to just break it down. And... Yeah, I hope we will be able, you know, to learn from from all of this. And yeah, I just, you know, continue just moving as we, we're studying and getting to know more regarding the book of Acts and what is happening and what they did and what we and where we got it wrong. I hope we get to see certain things that we have been doing wrong and we thought they were right and certain things that we were uh, not doing thinking they were wrong. So I hope that actually helps us, you know, to understand um better so just smoothly just looking at the first um remember it's a continuation from chapter six hence i had to combine everything uh the same as we did with last week when we spoke about chapter five i had to start it from chapter four because it's more for continuation so i believe that if something is a continuation it's best to just put it at once instead of just breaking it down because we we get to understand the background of the story and also understanding where uh, the story of Stephen starts from and now here hearing about how he he was stoned to death and everything else and also how the story of Stephen also introduces uh, you know Saul to us who later um, you know becomes apostle Paul it's also like you know an interesting thing I remember, you know, speaking with um, the ladies that I go to sell group with, who, like the other time, who were, were just speaking, um, you know, about the fact that, you know, it's amazing how the death of of Stephen was the birth of Apostle Paul. You know, when you think about it, it just just gives you a broader picture of who God is. You know, it all it doesn't even limit you your understanding, and you get to understand that you know what sometimes the the human brain just isn't big enough it's isn't amazing enough to get to experience you know and understand who god really is you know just can't comprehend that magnificent majesty you know of our father just looking at this um we hear that they're saying that you know um when um you know um the high priest asked uh even if the accusations were true, he gives them a background of the journey that God has traveled with people like that's just this just blew me away you know like he literally gives them like the background of like how God walked with Abraham moving to Moses moving to David you know just giving it a 
background, even, you know, touching on things that sometimes that people would think that, you know what, the Old Testament and the New Testament are not necessary. But why would we find people in the New Testament always quoting the Old Testament, just showing us that everything is connected, that the New Testament just gives the bigger picture of what was happening in the New, uh, in the Old Testament, right? So what he's saying now just gives you the bigger picture of why, what was, why, why did God start it there with Abraham and how it moved along, how you know, everything was spoken and how they had to go through um you know the wilderness everything and leading to christ you know and how how they killed christ and all that it just gives you a bigger picture of who god is and you actually get to realize that god is so god loves us so much that he keeps on sending people you know to to like you know to help us to give us a wake-up call hey wake up you know i'm here i i want you you know and those are just you know certain things that we we, we get to you know, we get to experience. And here he is. Um, from verse 2, we, we, we're reading um, the reply of Stephen. And he's just telling them, you know, about what um, what happened with um, with Abraham. Moving from there, you know, we, we see God also giving Abraham the covenant of the circumcision at the time. You know, moving from that, we see uh, the sons of Jacob that were jealous of their brother Joseph and sold him to be a slave in Egypt. And seeing how God used that as a way to, you know, um, like as a way to ensure that, you know what, um, Joseph becomes, you know, the second in command. And with the economic collapse that took place in in Egypt, you know, that just shows us uh, what happened, you know, and, you know, God using Joseph to help um, the people there, God using him, you know, to actually revive what was actually happening there, you know, and um, also looking at how Joseph revealed his identity to his brothers and having them to to send uh for their for the father for them to move to egypt and them leaving like you know in an amazing way right and from that looking at how uh the plot took place when um the new king of egypt just doesn't doesn't even know of joseph and starts ill-treating the israelites and we also see as uh moses how moses was born in a time where children were being uh killed and in that Moses found favor. Moses couldn't die, and then he had to be adopted into, like, you know, the royal, the royal house. He was literally raised in the royal house, and you know, seeing how God had moved them, and also, just something this uh, as I was, you know, as we were going through this, right? Um, in verse, uh, in verse twenty-three, it says that, um, yeah, in, it says that when, uh. One day when he was 40 years old, he decided to visit his relatives, the people of Israel. During this visit, he saw an, Isra an, an Egyptian uh, mistreating a man of Israel. So Moses came to his defense and avenged him, killing the Egyptian. Right. So with this, it just shows you, you know, the importance of not... Uh, branching too quickly into your your purpose into what god has called you for you know so many times um we just dive in too quickly into what god wants us to do you know we just you know you know that you you are called to minister but because you know that already you just want to jump in and you know and start doing that where god still wants to you know take you through a process and because we we we, we see here that um verse 25 says that um 
Moses assumed his brothers would realize that God had sent him to rescue them, but they didn't, right? Moses knew that, you know what, God has sent him to, you know, to save the the Israelites in Egypt. But then uh, he thought that that was by doing what he did. He thought that, you know what, uh, they will see that, you know what, God has called him. And he doesn't work like that. You know, like sometimes, you know, he'll try to save people that don't want to be saved. And it's something that we, we have to, you know, be comfortable with. You know, we have to make peace with. I mean, how when, when Christ died, Christ was killed by the very same people he came to save. Christ like literally died or was like was hanged on the cross by the very same people that you know he was bearing the sins for. So why would we uh, you know try to think that you know by uh, when we are being rejected by the people that God has called us for that means that something is wrong with us or people are just ungrateful? Not that's just how people are. But it is your responsibility to know that you know what God said He has called me, but He'll be the one to release me into ministry. God said He has called me for a certain position, but He'll be the one to tell me that it is time for me to handle that. Because sometimes we prematurely get involved in things that we are not mentally and spiritually ready for. So you don't have to, you know, think that, you know what, you are academically ready for something, but you need to be spiritually and mentally ready for that. Mental health is important and spiritual health is far important than all that. So if you are able to, you know, uh, build that character in you, if you are able to see the fruit of the spirit that are dwelling in you, you know, you are able to handle pressure, you are able you know, to make sound decisions, you have the, the spirit of, of power, the spirit of love, the spirit of self-control in you. So many things become easier for you, you know, and you, you get to flourish in that God has, you know, called you for, but you don't get straight and jump into a calling because God said that, you know, you are called for something, but you need to go through a process. You need to be refined. You need to be, you know, cultivated for you to be able to withstand and stand, you know, in the test of time and build the boldness, you know, that God wants us to have, you know, we're living in trying times, trying days. It's all just, it's all just crazy, you know, and, you know, Moving into that, we see how it backfired to him on the next day when he visited them, seeing brothers fighting and trying to be a peacemaker. And they tell him that, who do you think you are? You are not ruler over us. You are not judge over us. What, do you want to kill us the very same way you killed that Egyptian man? You see, such things, you know, such things happen. You know, and uh, when when Moses heard that, he ended up like leaving. That's what we do most of the time. When the pressure is too much, we end up leaving. When people are not welcoming us, we end up leaving. When things have backfired and are not uh, waking up the way that we thought they would, we fly out. We The easiest way out is just to leave. When your reputation has been dented in a certain location, you what? You leave because it's not comfortable anymore. It's not nice for you anymore. Those are just some of the things, you know, that we, we get to... Um, uh, go through you know moving on to this how Aaron what happened with Aaron how they went were in the wilderness for 400 years how um no no they were in Egypt for 400 years and they were in the wilderness for 40 years how David found favor with God and asked for privilege to building a permanent temple for the God of Jacob you know all this just shows us how great you know uh, God is you know and like Stephen telling them in uh, verse 55, we read that, But Stephen, full of the Holy Spirit, gazed steadily upon into the heaven and saw the glory of God. He saw Jesus standing in the place of honor at God's right hand. And he told them, Look, I see the heavens opened and the Son of Man standing in place of honor at God's right hand. 
Then they put their hands over their ears and drowning out his voice with their shouts, they rushed at him. Some people cannot stand the truth of the word of God. Some people cannot stand what the Holy Spirit has placed in you. So just because you are rejected, just because you are getting, you know, um, attacks from all sides, from all four directions, doesn't mean that God is not with you. You know, God was with Stephen. And we see here Stephen literally even pleading for their salvation, pleading at his death is literally saying, and there's some just one thing that I want us to realize. Stephen was not at their mercy at all. He literally said, like we see, we see here at verse uh, 59 where he says that as they stoned him, Stephen prayed, they were stoning him and, Jesus, and Stephen prayed, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. That's what he said. I mean, they could have stoned him and, an angel could have came and surrounded Stephen. Like Stephen knew it was time for him to even say, Lord Jesus, receive my, uh, receive my spirit. And he fell to his knees shouting, uh, Lord, don't charge them with this scene. And with that, he died. So that ha so there's a possibility that he didn't even feel any pain. Uh, that This is just what he had to do. Like they were stoning him, but he, they weren't necessarily stoning him. He died. He did it. He wasn't at their mercy. That's just something that, you know, we have to understand that he remained strong. He knew what he wanted. He knew who he was, actually. You know, let's take a quick ad break and we'll just be back to wrap things up just now. Give your faith wings. Explore life with 657 AM. 657 AM. Uh, welcome back. So this is the end of the show um, this wonderful morning. I hope you enjoyed this. I hope you had a great time with me. Uh, Rafila, I hope you, you actually, you know, enjoy this time of fellowship that we're having, you know, just speaking about the word of God and all that God has done for us and, you know, all his plans for us, like, you know, everything that has to do with his word and just seeing how amazing he is and how powerful his word is. If you just join out well, you are early for next week and would like to welcome you to the Morning Delight. The Morning Delight is with you every Sunday morning between 3 and 5 a.m. And I'm your host, Rafilwe, and we delight in the Word of God. We fellowship together and we just learn and just grow in the Word. Just, you know, speaking about the Word of God solely and just going deep into the Word, looking at different translations, just understanding what the Word is saying, more like our Bible study session where we just get to fellowship as a family and grow together. Allowing God to change us, allowing God to move in us, allowing God to build character in us as well. From me, Rafilia, and the Radio Pulpit family, I wish you a great day, a great week, an amazing week. If you're going to church, have a great uh, savers. Enjoy your great time there. And just, you know, let us be filled with the Holy Spirit the way Stephen was. Let us take courage in this and let us build our faith from such examples, understanding what they went through and just, you know, building our faith on everything, you know, so on, the, everything that has to do with them. So family from me to you, I just like to say have a great day and yeah, enjoy, just enjoy fellowshipping, you know, into the word and just getting deep into the word and understanding what we are called for. We are one family. Remember that family. And be at the, do not allow people to uh, make you feel like you are at their mercy. You are not at their mercy. They do not hold your life. They are not the creator. They are not the giver of life. So, yeah, they do not have the, the keys of life. You know, 
remember the word says that uh, life and death rise in your tongue. So speak life into your life and have a great day. Have a great Sunday, a great week, a great month, a great year. And yeah, well, the, the first Sunday of March, new month, new everything. Enjoy. And yeah, goodbye. It's more than radio. It's a way of life. It is 657 a.m.